0: Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Real with MoxieWorks. I'm York Bauer, CEO of MoxieWorks, and we're here at the beautiful Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. And you'll hear a little background noise, probably from the water, the beautiful waterfalls and fountains and everything that make this one of the uh, one of the most exotic destinations for an event like this. We're at the Gathering of Eagles, and I'm joined by Stephanie Anton, who is Senior Vice President at Corcoran Affiliates at Realogy. Thank you for taking the time.
1: Oh my gosh, please. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And uh, I understand you have a little bit of a personal history with almost being here and then not, and that this is actually your first trip to the Broadmoor. So it tell us is. about that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I regret telling you, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I am. Um, I was a figure skater, competitive figure skater growing up, um, and we used to train. I lived in Chicago, and we trained at the Broadmoor here at the Broadmoor Skating Club and then in Vail, because when you train at altitude, then when you go down Um, you know, sea level, you can compete better. So every summer we would come here. And the first half of the summer was Broadmoor and the second half of the summer was Vail. And um, I was supposed to come here for one summer. They would come every summer. It was my first summer. And I injured myself. And so I didn't make it to the Broadmoor. And I did make it to Vail that year. Mm -hmm. And then the next year I stopped skating. Uh. So I never made it to the Broadmoor. And so when I saw that the gathering was going to be at the Broadmoor this year, I said, oh, gosh, one more reason I have to go. Got so excited to come here. Come to the property, see the ice rink. I get here, ice rink was torn torn down in 1994.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Well, at least you're here, though, and it is spectacular, and the the event's been great. Um, So let's talk, though, about, and and that's a great little story as an intro, by the way, because what I love in exploring people's backgrounds is is how did you get to where you are? Mm. And you've been to our office, actually, at Moxie, Mm -hmm. and, and those of you that haven't, we have a variety of sayings around the office, one of which is, what got you here won't get you there. Ah. And so I find that that high performance people tend to constantly reevaluate and reassess and, and essentially reinvent themselves to the mm-hmm. next stage. And you have a, a long history of doing so. And in fact, you already have a little bit of that, I think at Realogy, because in addition to your role at Corcoran, you have also a broader role within realogy. So tell yeah. us a little bit about, about that.
1: Well, so first of all, I remember coming to your office and all the sayings that you have on the wall, and that's not the saying that I I, that I remember. <laughs> okay,
0: well, for the listener, the one that everyone comments on is the one that says "get shit done." It's very so, memorable, and I have we a have t-shirt. T-shirts. Yeah, a moxie
1: T-shirt that says "get shit done," and I wear it when I walk. Excellent. In the so, Excellent. <laughs> um, so um, so I'm overseeing the um, so uh, Corcoran started franchising a year and a half ago, and so I came on to help. Um, with the growth and oversee the franchise business. Uh, But in addition, I also oversee um, global service for all of the other brands except Sotheby's because Sotheby's is a direct model. So with all of the other brands, so Century 21, ERA, Bedrooms and Gardens, um, Coal Banker, we we sell a master franchise. So you sell a country and then that master then is responsible for selling franchises. So I have a service team that... um, works with all of the international and and global affiliates, um, for all of the brands. So it's really fun. Uh, I'm not bored.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, what do you do after lunch? I mean, come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, It's interesting because I started in the middle of the pandemic and so it's been really easy to manage everything because no one's traveling. Um, so it's going to be more interesting when travel becomes, you know, more real. Um, we'll see. Yeah. So far so good.
0: Well, good. And, and I think, you know, that we've talked a lot about it, both you and I and also others at this conference about the shift back now to in-person. But the, the sort of resounding theme is the importance of relationships in real yeah. estate. And so I'm just curious, you know, how did you ultimately originally get into the real estate industry and, mm. and, and why?
1: Yeah, why? The, the, why is a good question. <laughs> I wonder sometimes. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, are you yeah. revisiting that? No, no just no, kidding. No, I love it. I'm yeah. a lifer. There's Me no too. question. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I like, it just gets in your bones, you know. Um, my father was a real estate developer, so um, we literally grew up talking about real estate at the kitchen table. It was just something that was always in my DNA and I've always loved it. And um, I, after college, I worked in advertising and PR and I went back to grad school for marketing. And when I finished grad school, I had a really great opportunity to go work at GMAC when they um, were in the franchise business and they were outside of Chicago. Um, in their real estate. So that was my first really introduction to the business of residential real estate. I was, to tell you the times, this was 2002, 2001, 2002. And my title was the Director of Communications and Internet. Oh, ho, ho.
0: <laughs> yeah. Back when people are trying, trying to figure out how to spell that. Yeah.
1: yeah I, t- I mean, it's just like, you know, had the first website, the first um, intranet we built for them, um, trying to you know, convince agents why they needed to have an email address. And so, you know, I've been around a long time at this point. Like that's a, that's a lifetime in the real estate space. So, and since then I've just had a lot of wonderful opportunities and I've gotten to try lots of different things. And so it's been, it's been really a great industry for me.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, two of the attributes that we talk a lot about at Boxy are, our intellectual curiosity, which you must have if you've done all these different things, yes. but also uh grit and wow. you were kind enough to, Uh, be a contributor to a book we published last year in the middle of the pandemic called Grit Unlocked. We really felt it was important to get people focused on the future, not just wallowing in in the depths of the the then pandemic. This was May, I believe, in June of last year. So tell us a little bit about your philosophy that you're clearly someone that exemplifies grit. You wouldn't have achieved what you have without it. Thank
1: you. And luck.
0: (laughs) Well, yes. And luck and mentorship we all rely on, but we have to bring our game and you've done that. So tell us a little bit about what grit means both to you personally, but also what maybe some of the things you would tell the industry as you did uh, graciously in the book.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the book, first of all, I I thought it was a really, you know, it was a beautiful gift to the industry that you gave at the right time because it was a really great way to tap into, I think, some really great thought leaders. You had a wonderful collection of people. I was honestly honored to be involved in it because I was really inspired by reading the other people's entries too, you know, and it was especially at a moment when you really needed it because we didn't have those personal connections. We were all at home and you know, getting used to Zoom and, you know, I think that the people that excel in real estate, it, we have introvert extroverts and then extroverts, but like I'm somebody who, I'm an extrovert extrovert. <laughs> and I like to be Hadn't with noticed. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like to be with people and I get energy from being with people. And um, so the pandemic was hard for me, particularly at that moment. Um, but I think, and I know that for me, grit, it's a, such an amazing topic but it it all kind of stems back to passion and i think i'm a big believer in you have to be passionate about what you do and if you are things are easy right um i worked for a my first job out of college i worked for a guy who has a small adver- advertising agency in boston and he said to me once 70 don't worry about the money do what you love and the money will come And, you know, he was 85 years old and he was like a cookbook writer and, you know, he made great success for himself by writing cookbooks, you know, because he loved it. And it was a really inspirational thing for me because it helped me follow my passions and not always worry about, you know, what I'm getting paid or what my path looks like and just sort of kept my head down and worked really hard because I loved it. And I was, I had a lot of opportunity and people really recognized me and gave me more responsibility. And thus the two jobs at Realogy, like, you know, John Payton is the one who hired me and he's gone, but he was like, you know, but you want to do both of these things. And I was like, totally like, bring it, you know, and if I can't do it, I'll raise my hand, but tr- give me a chance. So, um, so for me, grit is really about following your passion because then it's not hard. It's not work. You know. Yeah,
0: I, I couldn't agree more. And actually, the formal definition that we often talk about at Moxie Round Grit is the Angela Duckworth one, which, to your point, it's it's the persistence and passion yeah. for achieving long-term goals. And I agree with you; the passion is magic. And you know, I have a, a somewhat analogous path, and I had like you a lot of people that believed in me. And we should recognize at this point all of the mentors in our industry that are willing to give back, like your boss back in the ad agency days. You know, we all stand on the shoulders of those that came before. And, and so I'm, I've always been grateful for that. So a little bit of what we try to do with the book, too, is yeah. bring all this, these thought leaders and mentors uh, to the industry when it was That's needed. why I say it's
1: a gift to the industry. But it's also, if you've been given, you have to give back. And you Absolutely. You have to give back just ways like this, but also in mentoring people that not just work for you, but, you know, young people. Or not even young people, but like, you know, being in a position where you walk the walk. And you do what you say you're going to do and you have integrity and honesty and, and you can model that for people because, you know, it makes a difference.
0: It does. And especially for you as a, as a uh, female leader, I, I want to, this wasn't on the list of questions, but I'm going to inject it regardless. <laughs> yes, I'm
1: passionate about that. Because so. you
0: are and I know that about you because especially in, it's true in real estate, but it's especially true in technology. We really have a dearth of women, particularly as you go more toward the technical role. Yeah. Uh, It's something we talk about frequently inside of Moxie, and we have a program uh, to try and encourage. We're a member of several organizations that we can have help recruiting women, et cetera. But talk about that from your perspective. Like you said, you're very passionate about it. I'd love the audience to hear your thoughts.
1: Well, this is a wonderful moment to be a woman in real estate and, and technology, because there are all those opportunities like that. People are recognizing it. Whereas 20 years ago, when I started in real estate, no, you know. And it was like, you know, sit and be pretty and, and, you know, like it wasn't ever that bad. No,
0: but it was certainly an undercurrent of that, I'm sure.
1: For sure. And um, I'm pretty easygoing. So, you know, I didn't like, I haven't had, I don't have a lot of stories of being mistreated, but um, I didn't have opportunity like I have today. And like, I think women have in our industry today, you know, and there's between things like women Up and um, and Realogy has some inc- incredible programs, um, one called What Moves Her, that Suviana Cohn, who's now the CEO of the Realogy Franchise Group, started at Coal Banker, and now it's extending to the rest of uh, Realogy brands. But um, it's just opportunities for women to learn from each other and be mentored and have panel discussions. And, you know, men are included, too, so it's not exclusionary, but the topics are um, more for focusing on mentoring women and giving women opportunities. And so it's, um, I am shockingly like when I, when I first started interviewing with Realogy, not to make it about Realogy, but you know, I, I kind of joke and say, it's not your father's Realogy because <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a good line. Yeah, yeah.
1: it just, it's, it's, the company has changed a lot and I work for directly for Sue Yanacon and Pam Liebman, who is the CEO of, of Corcoran and, um, working for two strong women it you know it's a wonderful moment in my career to have that kind of opportunity so i think it's changing and you look around and it used to be that there were no women who were leading brokerages and now you know corcoran 60 percent of our affiliates are run by women
0: oh that's awesome yeah and and we had the pleasure of seeing both those female leaders today on stage yeah. and i agree with you. It, it was awesome yeah. yeah
1: there's an eq component it's, yes it's just um It's nice to see it come to the industry and uh, there's a place for it. And it's all additive. It doesn't take away.
0: And and I love that you use the word, uh, you know, inclusion versus exclusion, because I do think the mistake that we can potentially make from here is is re-siloing everything now around the the groups that were excluded. But that's not a solve either. It really Mm -hmm. has to be, you know, all voices at the table. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's important to, to comment on it, you know, like like with the Women Up group, which is. Um, run through the California Association of Realtors, there's plenty of men that attend that. Yeah, you
0: know? and, we, and we're a sponsor, and I've been involved oh, in right. those things. Yeah, right. it's, it, the it, 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 it's the melting pot that is the power in all yeah. this. Yeah. But it's
1: good for me to hear that technology is mirroring that, too. You know, it's not just something we're seeing in real estate. I think it's something as a culture and society that's happening, and it's not just happening in the U.S. It's happening everywhere. That's right. You know? yeah. I had an incredible opportunity a couple years ago to go to Bulgaria for work, and um i met with these there's a ton of women ceos because bulgaria is a country that was sort of restarted after you know a hist- you know, like a, a economic you know crisis and a lot of people left and so the women sort of stood up and said we're going to run these companies now so i went to this lunch with these women and it was all these incredible like, bulgarian women that ran mm-hmm. energy companies and entertainment companies and i was like you wouldn't see this in the us but we'll get there but bulgaria is ahead of us
0: yeah yeah, and I think that global perspective, too, even, even within the U.S., frankly, tr- the travel around the regions of the U.S. is instructive, but particularly if you can get your head out of the U.S. Yeah. and truly be the foreigner and yeah. learn, back to that intellectual curiosity thing. Yeah.
1: Well, you and I both had an opportunity to travel quite a bit, in fact, and yep. together oftentimes. Do yes, yes, things, we have. And it does. I agree. It really it broadens your worldview and it makes you a better human.
0: It does, and I, I really wish that for every American, but especially people in business, because it does open your mind. I, I kind of cheated and had a head start because I grew up in a German-speaking foreign household. My parents were immigrants. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it just gives you a whole different lens to look through. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so let's talk marketing uh, to kind of wrap it up. Um, you have a tremendous background in marketing. Besides your formal education, you spent a lot of time in that angle here in yeah. our industry. Uh, particularly in luxury. Mm-hmm. And I'd love you to, to just give your thoughts around how going forward now, especially, particularly as we've seen prices rise so dramatically yeah. and the home be much more of a, a sanctuary and a, and take on a kind of a different role maybe than it had. What are, what is your latest sort of cutting edge thinking of, around how people should approach marketing of real estate, particularly in luxury?
1: So, well, particularly in luxury, I think that, um, What's happened, what I fear has happened right now, and so I wanna make sure that people are inspired to not do this is, um, you know, it's so easy to sell a house right now. And so, I I mean, I have agents, even luxury agents that I've heard of that will say, I don't have to take professional photos because, right? And I don't have to do what I would have done in the past to market a property because it's just easy to sell it and my job has changed. And I think that it's literally the opposite because what an incredible opportunity right now to invest even more on staging and beautiful photography. And, and then I think this, the, the thing that I still don't see agents doing enough of is the storytelling around a luxury Absolutely. property, right? Yeah. And so whether it's through video, whether it's through um, you know, like blog posts, whether it's through websites, it's, you, know, you have to explain not the assets of a home, but how it feels to live in a home. And it can be done at every price point, but I think at luxury, it's even more important. So it's not necessarily about like a whiz bang tool. It's more, I think, a philosophical approach to caring for something and exposing it in its best light and really, um, you know, make the, the best opportunity you can to really to market something.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, people are often surprised, I think, when they hear me say what I'm about to say, but as a technologist, it's not about the technology. No, not. I mean, the technology is helpful and it needs to be there and it's used in this modern context, but it's all about what you're putting through the content yeah. that you're putting through the technology, yeah. which we as a right. technology company aren't providing. It's all should be from the brand and, and the local resources and ultimately the agent yeah. to, to bring their game. It's
1: the agent and the seller in that case, right? right. And you have to partner with the seller to uncover what makes a home special, and the truth is that every home is special for some reason, and it's not the four walls and the ceiling, and especially luxury. <laughs> it's not a shelter decision. So no. You know, no one needs a $2 million house, right? So like, you, you have to tell those stories to help people understand why to pay more for something. So just like Louis Vuitton, like, you know, a, a, I could buy any purse, right? But I'm going to spend more for right. a brand because it makes me feel a certain way. And that's branding, right? And whether totally. it's a house or a purse, it's the same thing. And
0: I've held marketing roles, as you know, and I, I've got to get my Harley Davidson thing in yeah, here as yeah, a guy, yeah, yeah. but it's the same thing there. It's all about the story. Totally. And, and I mean, yes, it's about the product as well, but only after you've been hooked by the story. So. Well,
1: and then think about how, how Harley Davidson now treats you differently and the things they do and now the emotional connection you have because they make you feel special.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah, and I do. I mean... The joke is, you, <laughs> you know, the, the abbreviation is HD, and that's because it's hundred dollars. Because that's what you're going to spend if you walk in a dealer, no matter what, you're going to spend at least hundred dollars. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so um, your comments are interesting because I do think what's working now in this crazy market is going to work until it just doesn't work one day, yeah. And we kind of go back to a different kind of market. So, what as a as sort of a closing thought? What would you say? What, what would you say to a fellow real estate brokerage leader? that is that you would encourage them to think about and prepare for in let's say 24 months time Mm,
1: yeah
0: what are they not thinking about in other words that you would encourage them to think. well
1: so first of all i am talking to our brokers and our agents about taking care of themselves right now because my big fear is the burnout factor and i think agents aren't paying enough attention to it and they're and pam Lehman mentioned it this morning you know that you know everyone's tired and so I think we have to be thinking about long term. And I think as in this industry, we're so trained for the ups and downs of the business. And so you've got to work really, really hard because you know that it's eventually going to fall off the cliff and you're going to make as much as you can. And we have to stop thinking that way. We have to start thinking long term as a long term investment in this business in both our business and our health. You know? So um, I would say invest in your people and taking care of your people and everything that that means from, you know, from emotional and personal to the professional side. So ensuring people are continuing to focus on learning and making themselves better and, um, and, you know, educating themselves. And nobody has time for that right now, but you quickly fall behind if you don't stay ahead. So, you know, know, focusing on the things that are important, not just the urgent, always the challenge, but right now, especially.
0: Yeah. And it's, Unfortunately, that's a disease I think we have in American business. That's, again, back yeah. to the foreign, exposing yourself to foreign business environments because many of them do think more long-term. Sometimes yeah. you have to slow down to speed up, you yeah. know, long-term. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed yeah. this. Hope you, you too. have, too. You, too. And, uh, uh, and thank you all. And, uh, and Moxie Land, this is another edition of The Real with Moxie, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.
1: Thanks.